Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. everyone, welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. Today is no different. I'm very excited to talk to lifestyle kinkster of nine years, Phil in. Hey, hi, Erin. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is so exciting. I know. I'm so happy to talk to you today. I recently have like met you at a couple events and I'm like, who is this amazing person? And I'm so excited to have a conversation and like get to know you even a little bit more. Yeah, no, it's so good. I love being a part of the King community and it's like a pretty big part of my social life and funny enough nowadays it feels like I think most of my friends are kinksters it's just funny how the connections you make in the scene really become like lifetime friends it's pretty good absolutely I'm like at the point where you know all my friends are like sex worker people you know what I mean like (laughs) I think we just you know you find your people you know and then you hang on to them Yeah, and I think the scene makes it really easy to do that as well, because like everyone's going to the same events and then you see people regularly, whereas maybe like friends that you met in school or such that like you're not all going to the same events. So like by the time you remember to hit them up again and be like, hey, we should hang out. It's like, oh, wow, six months, a year has gone by. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I do enjoy like beginning a friendship in that way of like, oh, I've seen you around a couple times. You know, I'm like a bit of an introvert. So it takes me a few times before I'll like, you know, go over there and be like, I recognize you. Do you recognize me from before? And what's your name? And just start Gavin. It like fosters community having all of these awesome events happening in the city so consistently. Yeah, it's really great. I remember like the first munch that I ever went to was like literally the month I turned 18 because I was just so ready to like explore. (laughs) (laughs) Like I had been thinking about it for a while. I was like, well, it would be so weird if I like go if I was underage. So I was like, I'm going to wait until I'm 18. And then I went to one in the suburbs. And I think I was the youngest one there. Yeah, I went to like the Mississauga Munch. Wow. See, that's cool because I think people don't realize, you know, unless you're in like a city center, I don't think people realize that there are munches that happen like outside of city centers as well. Absolutely. And like they might be smaller, but the people are just as friendly. And I think I was the youngest one there by maybe... 20 years <laughs> not 20 maybe years, more than yeah. 20 years <laughs> it was an older crowd <laughs> it was an older crowd for sure but everyone was so friendly they all like 
gave me some advice in the scene. Um, and like the next munch that I went to was the TNG munch, the next generation munch for those like 18 to 35. So then that was like much more like my <laughs> age group. And yeah. I was still young for sure, but definitely felt a little bit more like, oh, hey, these are not my parents age. <laughs> yeah, this is more like peers versus like, you know, mentors or queer elders or kinky elders. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's great to have both. Um, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So okay. Were those your first two kink events two munches? Yeah, I okay. went to two munches. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So how did that kind of send you on your kinky trajectory? I think it was such a good choice I made to just go to Munches first because they're so low-key and yeah. like you just go to a restaurant and I mean of course finding the group is always a little nerve-wracking you're like is this the right group everyone's wearing name tags so it should be but then like <laughs> what if it's like some other group that's meeting up today um but once you're there <laughs> I get that I get that yeah. anxiety <laughs> Oh my gosh, um, funny story. My last munch, I went to, um, uh, like the last one I hosted, there was this one person who got brought in by another person who they just met off the street. Mm -hmm. And she had been apparently just walking up and down the street for 45 minutes. No. Oh, baby. She was so nervous to walk in. <laughs> yeah, I get that it's really nerve wracking, like going to a kinky event in general, if that's not like a regular thing you do, that is nerve wracking, right? And like, yeah. especially, you know, if it's like your first munch, you really don't know what to expect. And it can be it can feel intimidating. But like when you get there, as you said, it's so casual. It's so low key, low pressure, you know? It really is. And like 80% of the conversation isn't even about kink. It's like just about everyday life. Yeah. Or like gaming, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's literally just about meeting people who happen to have this one thing in common. But like, you know, you could connect on so many different levels as well. Exactly. And I feel like um, just having that casual conversation with people, especially in the first two times that I went, really made me settle down. I was like, okay, these are real people and like, not just like blogs that I've read about like kinky stuff when I was young or like porn that you watch. It's real life, everyday people. Yeah, anyone could be a kinkster. Like it doesn't make, it doesn't define them. And you know, there's all that stigma stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, about kinksters that you know if you're not a part of the community and you're maybe curious to join the community it's like you still hold all that all that stigma stuff that you're like ooh, are they gonna be are they gonna be weird or like whatever you know what I mean so it's important to like go to a munch I think you know if if yeah. you're trying to dip your toe in and you're just trying to be like is this something I want to be a part of yeah and it really normalizes everything for you right yeah. Like, it's not the crazy, what's that book series? Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes. <laughs> it's not like that at all. Yeah. I don't think I've, like, met anyone who's actually signed, like, a slave contract or anything like that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it is so silly, but it's a romanticized version, right? It's, like, Absolutely. romanticizing this lifestyle, and it's, like, yeah, well, more realistically, it looks like is... We go to a bar and we chat about stuff that's not related to kink. Like, I, yeah. I get that someone, if, you know, that's their only reference point. 
I get how then they would be nervous to come into a munch thinking that someone's gonna start dominating them, yeah. you know, out of nowhere. <laughs> like, what if there's like, like half naked people walking around? Or... <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, I get when that's our, that's all we're exposed to about kink as like mainstream, you know, in the mainstream culture. It's like, yeah, I'd be nervous too, if someone's just gonna like, start stalking you um, and be uh, like making you do shit. Absolutely. And also people are really worried that everyone's already friends with each other. And like, what if I'm like, not vibing with people? I'm like, well, like these bunches in Toronto, especially are massive. You get like yep. 80 to 100 people a month. A lot of times, like I think at TNG specifically, we get probably 20 new people per month. So anyone wow. new coming in, you're going to find other new people that you could be like, oh, hey, I'm also new. And like, let's chat about our anxiety today. <laughs> yeah, that's so important, I think. Yeah, same at the Ritual Chamber Munch. It's like, you know, you always ask if it's their first munch and tons of people, maybe a third of the people, it's their first time, like every month we do it. So yeah, it shows it's a demand. Like, you know, people are curious. People want to, you know, want to meet other people. People want to learn. Absolutely. And people just want to dip their toes in, especially I think after the pandemic, I've really noticed a huge shift in the scene um, where it's just like a lot of people who just discover themselves in the boredom of the pandemic in their own bedroom, like yeah. surfing the Internet. And then now they're like ready to come out and meet people and go do things or like had different life things happen to them and they're like okay maybe I wasn't ready to go out like pre-pandemic but then like the whole world shifted and now I feel like I should do it before it's too late or you know yeah it gave us that time to like reflect a lot you know gave us yeah. time to like sit with ourselves a lot and it and when you do that it's like yeah, you, you might be like, you might make some life choices, you know, when you have time to do that, right? So you might kind of think, hey, maybe I'll go to a munch, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, also, interestingly, I thought um, the first few months of us coming back in person again, after a few years of not having anything in person, mm -hmm. we had like a discord for a while. Um, but just being in an in-person space is so different. Yeah. And I felt like that a lot of people um, forgot what it was be like to be in a group social situation. And like, some people had to have chats with about like social cues and uh, oh, acceptable yes. behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it's that thing with the online stuff. It's like that anonymity thing where you're behind a screen and you can kind of just say whatever and you're not accountable and... I don't know, it's kind of a free for all. Whereas it's like, no, no, if you're in person, yeah, you you uh, gotta be a little more respectful for of that. And yeah, yeah that's important. How much is also that it's like this space that, you know, it, it's curated to be a safe space. So there are people looking out for you, which is really mm -hmm. important, right? Yeah, and people who will have these like kind of not very comfortable conversations with you. Yeah. And like, you're still welcome in the space, but maybe just be more mindful. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And somebody's got to like, it, I like when organizers, you know, and this happens often with munches, which is so great. It's like, if anyone makes you uncomfortable, you know, let me know. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll have a talk with the person. No problem. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that creates just like a more comfortable space for everyone else. Yeah. Because again, if it's like a hundred people in a room, somebody's going to be creepy. Somebody's coming oh, yeah. in with weird expectations and like a weird fantasy reality disconnect surrounding kink. Yeah. And they're going to be that person from Fifty Shades that <laughs> comes out and is just like starts being fucking weird to you. Yeah, a lot of people come in thinking like, oh, maybe this is like a speed dating thing where I'm like looking for a partner uh, where it's really just a meetup of people chatting and like meeting new people, like making new friends. It's not all about finding partners. Yeah. Can you actually, okay, that's that's a great thing to bring up, I think. Um, a lot of people treat munches like um, specifically for that, right? Or or other community events in with other um like for instance like um sex positive you know meetups and and um i don't know what do we, uh, what do other people call munches that are not in the kink community but like other social community events yeah, like where meetups. other meetups yeah of other groups like polyamory meetups like stuff yeah. like that and can you maybe talk about like why it's important to not treat maybe not treat those events as speed dating (laughs) i feel like it really is a community thing where like the king community is fairly tight-knit and a lot of things that go on is by word of mouth like your reputation in the scene matters the reputation of events matters and munches are a part of that community so it's not about finding partners. It's about finding a community, people that you jive with, and people that will like be an actual support for you in times of need. Yeah. And like, it's interesting how like, just kind of cruising, the attention, you know, just to be cruising, like that's not going to build community. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Like you're going to find a partner and then you leave and then that's it. Like, it was just a tool for you to find a partner where it's really not, like, the intent behind the event is really not that. Yeah. Um, we try to, in our description, say, like, oh, it's, like, we're not a meat market, right? It's, that, uh, yeah. you need to come here and, like, be prepared to meet people. Yeah, yeah. And come with, like, the openness of, like, rather than a very specific intention of like meeting someone to play with i'm looking for a dominant i'm looking for a submissive whatever it is right yeah to be a little more open-minded and open-hearted about like yeah the people you meet and they're what they're all bringing to the table and what can you you know what can you learn from this and um yeah how can like that word support really struck me because I think that's true. Like resources um, while you're on your kinky journey is so important. Support while you're on your kinky journey is so important. Right. And I think a lot of people, I'll say a lot of cis men have a very (laughs) isolated, isolated, I'll say submissive cis men specifically. I'm going to keep getting more and more specific, but they have a very isolated experience with kink. Right. A lot of other people as well, but like specifically them, like, yeah, they're very, they have that very isolated experience. And I think specifically like, because I deal with submissive cis men a lot. Mm. (laughs) And I think, you know, if they were, if they did foster more community 
you know, if they got together with other submissive cis men, you know, and it just created just like a more realistic, uh, compassionate, you know, type of a view of these dynamics and of kink would be to, to their benefit. I will just Absolutely. say that. <laughs> Absolutely. A lot more education would be nice too. When I first yep. joined the scene in my first two months ever, mm -hmm. uh, someone had like brought up the idea of sub fever. Um, yeah, sub frenzy. Sub frenzy. And it happens on the top side as well. Mm -hmm. uh, back then I was still really exploring. I'm still exploring now. Um, about like what my identity is in the kink scene. Mm -hmm. um, but hearing that like, yes, there is this frenzy to just try all these new things that you've heard about, find a partner to do that with. Um, but it creates like a sense of desperation that is one, not attractive. Mm -hmm. And two, treats people as not humans. Yeah, kink dispensers. Yeah, exactly. Which is, nobody enjoys that, especially if, like, you're in a place to socialize and then here this person is just hounding you, asking questions about, like, your dominance and how you are as a top and, like, all of these really quite personal questions yeah. when you don't even know them. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, like, it's all about balance, right? So, like, yeah. that's the thing that strikes me about sub-frenzy is that, you know, when you're fixating so heavily and you're not, you know, maintaining your life balance, that you're prone to make poor decisions. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're prone to, prone to harm being taken advantage of, um, taking advantage of others, causing harm. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're not um, taking the time to check in with what you want, who are the, you know, who do you want to connect with, in what way, like, um, when you're not having patience with yourself and patience with, like, the process, right, like, then um, you're gonna, I, I would say higher percentage, you're gonna make mistakes, you know, absolutely. versus if you're taking it, you know, taking it a bit slower and talking to friends about your experiences and, you know, asking questions and, um, you know, all the stuff we talked about, about, like, maybe you know maybe going community first because then you'll have all this support and all these resources to help you maybe you know go go get your kink on right absolutely and i feel like anyone who's stuck around for a long time in the scene or like had pretty successful like explorations of their like kink life and like i've seen some really interesting journeys of people who like come into the scene thinking they were like a dom and then like eventually meeting someone and it's like oh hey i am fully a sub now like yeah yeah just having those awesome awesome kink journeys are people who come to the community and treats it as a community to meet many people rather than as like an online dating tool in real life yeah you know how how i kind of think of this um you know how some people are like dating to marry you know, oh, yes. they want to start kids. They want to have kids. They want to start a family and they're dating yes. to marry. That, you know, it strikes me in the same way as like people who are like, you know, getting into the kink scene to, you know, find a 24-7 DS dynamic with someone. Rather than connecting with the person first, like person first dating rather than like objective first dating. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? 
It feels the same. <laughs> yeah, it definitely feels the same. As someone who has experienced both of these things, <laughs> it feels the same. <laughs> yeah, it's the same sense of desperation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like objectification, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, non-consensual and objectification. No. Not into it. Nope. Yeah, especially like I always tell people who are new in the scene that like you really should never say like, no, I would never do this because you don't know, like a year from now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're into water sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I would never like do any pee play. And then a year from now, you're like peeing on somebody. You just, yeah. you don't know. It just might happen. Yeah. Because like, I think when people jump to those conclusions really early on in their journey, there are probably some assumptions being made, right? Absolutely. So like the thing, they're picturing the thing in a very specific context, you know, and maybe not considering that like, oh, no, it can look a lot of different ways. If there's like that one part about it that doesn't vibe with you or that is giving you like an ick response or whatever, it's like, well, it doesn't have to look exactly like this picture that's in your head or that picture you saw in this porn or like whatever it is. It's like you can do that but in a way that you like like that's the whole point of all of this that there's you know um so much room for nuance and customization you know yeah and everyone approaches things so differently Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so one day you you might meet a person and do the activity and be like oh i didn't realize it could be like that or like well when you do it like that then yeah i'm into it you know yeah. And if you just come in looking for ABC, yeah. and you don't think of all of these other things that could happen. It's just you're really closing your mind off to a lot of things. Yeah, you're missing out on what missing could out. be good connections. Yeah, who knows? You might be into like hug suspension, right? You know? <laughs> ah. <laughs> all these crazy things you do. I'm definitely into watching it. I'll tell you that. I've I've seen some really really cool things what yeah. done with all sorts of like hooks and needles. I, I remember like one of the most interesting like scenes I saw very early on um, my kink journey was someone who got suspended with needles at a party, and I was like, "Whoa, that's intense!" <laughs> now yeah. that's kinky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, like what is kink? That's kink, you know. Yeah. Or that's one of the million things you could do, but. What did that do to you as, like, somebody who was, like, new, pretty new, and seeing, like, a really quite intense scene like that? What did you, what did you think about it? Um, I always try to keep an open mind of just, like, it might be your kink and might not be my kink, but it's yep. still, like, interesting to see. I'm a type of person that gets fascinated by people's reactions to things. <gasps> I love that. Reactions are my fave. Yep. Reactions are amazing. So yeah. when people ask me, like, what are you into? I'm like, well, that's a, I'm into reactions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that could be from such a variety of different actions that take place to get that reaction. Um, so seeing, like, how deep she went into, like, a masochistic subspace was so very interesting. Like, some people, when they go into subspace, it truly is that they are in an altered mind state that is like not that different from probably recreational drugs. Yeah. It is quite fascinating. Yeah. 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 The same thing. It's like, um, for me, I, uh, I love all sorts of different reactions too. like someone going really deep like that. 
um, and like, like in an altered state or like, you know, anything that's just like little yelps or like a pleasure response to something that, you know, I didn't expect a pleasure response from like, you know, um, even people, I love to see that look on people's face when they're like processing, like they're like, Oh, interesting. And then they like get lost for a few seconds. And then it's like, would you like to do that again? (laughs) And they're like, yes, I think so. Like, (laughs) yeah, I love that as well. And I really, really enjoy when someone's so deep in a headspace that they're not like, even able to function anymore. Like, yeah, their brain melts. You can see them like melt. Yeah. Yeah. Can't form two thoughts. Which is why you gotta, sometimes I have to when I am playing with someone new, I will ask, are you able to communicate mid-scene? Is that something that you do? Great or question. would you like to just melt and not be here anymore? That's such an important question, I think, honestly. Because a lot of people, yeah, you don't have the same tools right at your disposal in the middle of a scene. Absolutely so not. that's why they say don't, you know, don't renegotiate halfway through, you know, don't bring in a completely new element that you haven't negotiated because, yeah. you know, that person might not be able to. And that's, and some people, yeah, again, with like reactions, I tell people that in my negotiation process, cause I talk about like my favorite things to do and how I, you know, how I experience scenes. And I do mention, I love to see reactions and, I think people sometimes misunderstand when I say that because they're thinking a big reaction, like screaming or something. And I'm like, no, 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 you reacting by, yeah, just kind of vibing. You know, you could be silent. Like, I don't need, you know, reactions can look so many different ways, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you go kind of nonverbal in a scene and you're subspacing or, you know, you your brain is so melty again, you can't form like two thoughts, then like... That's a reaction. Everything's a reaction, basically, other than like stone faced. I think that's my one pet peeve, I think, is like when someone is super stone faced. And And it's hard to read and you don't know if what you're doing is even affecting them. Yeah, that's also a difficult one for me as a top. Yeah, it makes you hard to makes consent hard, first of all, Um, because that's how I kind of, you know, it's body language, you know, verbal, you know, verbal check-ins and all of that. But like body language is a huge thing of like, um, yeah, if you're literally giving me nothing, then I'm like, how do we even, how do we creatively go forward? And then how do we safely go forward? If you're literally giving me no, no, no reaction whatsoever. Yeah. Or like, am I just boring you? (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to be somewhere else or like what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, that, like maybe I feel like the only time that has happened to me would be if they were just so nervous that they're just fully in their head. Yeah, <laughs> Don't like know what sh- to do yeah they're breathe. like shutting down. Yeah, they're like frozen. Yeah. I had that happen to me one time. It was a duo with um, Mr. Zianna. And um, he was kind of quiet in the negotiation process. You know, we we're trying to like extract information so we could like do the scene <laughs> or whatever. And like, he's pretty quiet. And then we're like, okay. And yeah, he just seemed like, oh, just, I don't know. It was kind of like the vibe was bored, like in the good negotiation. He was just felt like pretty disconnected. So mm-hmm. we tried to do the scene. Zianna halfway through was like ready to give up. 
<laughs> she was like, I'm bored at one point. I'm like, oh no, I gotta like try and save this. Yeah. And then afterwards, yeah, like afterwards we were like trying to check in and be like, okay, so that response, tell us about that. Like, does that mean you're enjoying it or you're bored or you're, you don't know, like well, what was going on, you know, for you? Wasn't able to really tell us much and he left and we felt so unsatisfied and we were like, that man, you know, is never coming back. Like, yeah. he hated it. He hated us. And then we got this glowing fucking testimonial, like, <laughs> uh, like 10 minutes later. And we were like, literally, what the fuck? Like, uh, that's so frustrating. That's, <laughs> and like, if he came yeah. back a second time, then we would know that because we had the confirmation and then we could yeah. go forward. Um, but like as a one-off, it was so just confusing and weird and unsatisfying for us. <laughs> yeah, that's so frustrating. And even in like a dual scene, which is like for me, I guess the equivalent is like a co-topping scene. Mm-hmm. And those are fantastic because you got like so many people and energy and yep. like you're riffing off of each other as like co-tops. Yep. And just having nothing happen. Nothing. Wow. That's incredible. (laughs) It's almost impressive, you know? I know. I was almost like, wow, okay. Well, you need three of us next time? Jesus. Like, what? (laughs) What will get a reaction? Yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. If you are stonewalling two different people. (laughs) My goodness. The Bedpost Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com, but one of my favorite things to do is to go to their Instagram events page and see what they've got going on. Scrolling through here, threesome Fridays, sexy plus size play party, buy pleasure party, ooh, a night with the prompt shiniest outfit. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, talking about, like, the scene, and in my intro, we were talking about how you're, like, you know, nine plus years in at this point. Yeah. Have you noticed, like, a shift um, or, like, some differences between how this scene was nine years ago versus today yeah especially since i've been kind of being a caretaker of tng since like eight years now um so being a person who has gone to all of their munches and parties and all the different events that we've ever hosted um you could really see a change in the demographic of people coming into the scene which is really cool I think it's become so much more diverse, like in all sorts of ways, like much more queer, much more racially diverse. Um, and it's been amazing. I really, really enjoy that. I remember like the first year or so going to events, I could be like the only Asian person maybe in the room sometimes. Yeah. And now it's just become a total diverse space. What do you think brought about that change? Well, I think it is just younger people discovering things on the internet have just led them to go out mm -hmm. and explore. And before, maybe it was all like very like word of mouth or like people have a harder time discovering it. Um, but just younger people in the internet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. So, out. yeah, because if it's, um, it can be very insular, you know, yeah. if... Um, it's just friends tell their friends and then their friends tell their friends and their friends tell their friends like that leads itself to being, yeah, very like cliquey almost. Right. Yeah. Like homogenous group. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like the fact that there's just so much more exposure of events like this, you know, like anybody can see, you know, that this event's happening rather than just this like group of people that knows this other group of people. Exactly. And yeah, also yeah. what I'm seeing now is that before everything would be all very focused on like fet life or like very yeah. kink specific spaces. But now people are like really advertising their events on like Instagram, Twitter, like all different types of social media. So like brand new people find it easier to like, oh, this is happening in Toronto. Maybe I could check that out. So yeah, you get you can access more of the kinky curious people. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm still struggling with social media as like an organizer because yeah, like yeah. In my personal life, I don't really use social media that much, mm -hmm. but I think it's such a great tool for getting the word out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because like there are so many people that don't know where to start finding out about events. Right. Like they just, yeah. they just don't know. So the fact that it's like going to be available on places that aren't specifically like FetLife or other, you know, Discord or, or whatever. Yeah. That it's so important. Yeah. It is. Uh, and just like people don't even know that it, these type of events can exist. Yeah. So if it's like 
and some sort of like push marketing that like really gets it there. Uh, if that's what gets you there, it's great. It's interesting when I um, start my sessions, you know, if it's a new person that I always ask, like, where did you, what, what led you to book or like, what, where did you find me? Like, why did you book me or, you know, and it's so interesting, like, cause I try to really shoot my shot really broadly. Right. Like, <laughs> and it's really cool to hear that feedback of like where they first came across me. And it's usually something yeah, like an Instagram something, a friend of a friend maybe shared a story of mine or something like that, or retweeted me or something like that. Um, and then they just go down the rabbit hole, right? Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's a brand new world that you explore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, are we able to talk about the event that uh, the event that you just did for a moment? Because it was so amazing. Oh, yes, I loved it so much. So for the longest time, I've been thinking of kind of like creating events that are not just TNG specific because I've done that for so long. Yeah. And I really feel like I'm a caretaker of that event rather than like the owner of, you know, because it's it is definitely like like we go through generations of organizers where like the people who founded it are now aged out. So then other people have come in and stepped in and organized and I'm like kind of like third gen organizer is what right. I would say. Um, so it's like, this is like a temporary caretaker situation. Yeah. But I've been really wanting to take ownership of like a branded event and that is what Covet is. Um, and one of the things I'm really passionate about is learning and education. And I feel like we ha don't have as many of that in the scene right now in person. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot online, but I really want hands-on learning, which is like, I think the most immersive way to learn. Um, so I wanted to do an exploratorium and I was so happy that you want, came and did it, uh, was a part of that. It was amazing. Thanks so much for involving me. It was, um, as you said, I think, I think it was just such an awesome concept and I could see so much value in, in that premise. And I was like, oh my God, would love, it was easy, easy decision. I was like, <laughs> absolutely want to be there. It sounds so freaking cool. And, um, yeah, as you said, like all, all of the, um, why community events like this are so important. Right. I, so I really felt this specifically with this event. Exactly. And yeah. just like giving people tools to try things, learn things from people that are very experienced and really good at teaching is like really, really helpful for people that are new and even people who have been in the scene for a long time and just never had an exposure to like, for example, electricity play and yeah. being able to get a little taste of that at the Exploratorium was really fantastic. Yeah, like, and I saw people who were like people attending the event who were the full range of like very experienced pros themselves to people who this was their first, you know, one of their first forays into events like this. So it, I mean, you can learn and ideally you are learning at any stage of your experience level, right? Exactly. Like, um, I also saw a lot of value just for me personally. I was like, yeah, I want to sit and learn more stuff from some of these other educators because there's just, there's so much you can learn. There's so many different things. Like, I love to see uh, one of the specific things in like the rough body play was oh, yeah. like skin pulling, like, and I had done like something that kind of resembled that, but like I 
never, I didn't necessarily, it's funny that you, you bring up like hook suspending. So they were doing like lifts and stuff just by pulling the skin, like grabbing the skin and pulling the skin. And I was just like, oh my God, like skin pulling suspension. I was like, whoa, it just, I mean, I've been in the community a long time and been a pro a long time. And I was like, oh my God, how am I not, I, I love this thing. (laughs) I'm like, I've kind of done this, but also I didn't realize it was a whole thing. And I was just so delighted. (laughs) Yeah, I love it so much. And like, I was also exposed to that fairly recently in the last few months as well. And I was like, you just, the things that people do are so creative. Yeah. And at that event, um, I had like a sex worker friend who specifically like has really stretchy skin. And I was like, I was like, did you see that? And (laughs) she she was like, yeah. Uh, And I'm like, we have to do that. And she's like, absolutely. But yeah, that was, that's just an example of something that I was like, oh my God. Oh, and then another thing that was happening was um, incorporating Thai massage into your kink scenes. I was like, what? Because yeah, that's similar to like, you know, I've taken some things on incorporating like energy work and pressure points and, um, uh, you know, body work. Like I have a friend who's like a massage therapist as well, incorporates body work into her sex work and, and that was just another thing. I was like, Thai massage? Hell yeah. Like It was so fantastic. So cool. Yeah. And I love the concept of, I tried to bring multiple different, uh, when I was organizing this, I was trying to bring multiple different perspectives in mm-hmm. and different ways to play. Because people just have this idea of kink being like really hard and leather and metal and all of these things but like sometimes it could be slow and gentle like a Thai massage and it's still kink yeah it's still kinky as hell I also just like the vibe of like a group of people sitting down in a circle on the floor (laughs) I don't know to me I I was like yeah I just like the vibe of that it was um like literally if you're all sitting on the floor you're all at the same level and how I like to teach is like, feels more like a conversation, right? Like, mm-hmm. who else here has had experiences with this? What have you learned from this? You know, do you have any insights? Like more like a skill share. Like when you're all mm-hmm. sitting at the same level, it's like, we're all peers, you know, they're yeah. professionals, you know, you, some of you are professionals too. Some of you are, you know, long time, um, like lifestylers as well. Tell me, you know, tell, let's all share ideas. So I appreciated that. Yeah, and it really helps give you new ideas, new things to try. And I really, really like that. Even in my own workshop when I was talking about like consent and negotiation, yeah. people were giving me great ideas of what they do in their own personal practice. And I just really, you're just constantly learning from everyone around you. Yeah, I like, um, one of the places I learn a lot is like when I do duos, like co-topping duos mm-hmm. and, you know, usually in a duo it's like okay one of you kind of takes the lead more Uh. than the other right and the other is more supportive and Mm -hmm. um adds things you know but i i love not being the person that's taking the lead (laughs) honestly because i'm like no i want to see how you negotiate no i want to see how you transition into the scene i want to see what your warm-up looks like i want to see what like you know what i mean i just I, I love being in that role so much and I'm a really good, you know, support, like, like co-star. I'm, I'm, I'm a good, like, 
sidekick that will just say yes to everything you're doing and then add my own creative thing on top of it. And then suddenly we've got a great little fun scene going. I love that. But yeah, learning is what I love about duos most, I would say. Oh, yeah, that is like really good. And then you just see like different atmospheres as well, because we always settle into sometimes habits of behavior where like, I'm like more of like a gentle top. Um, but I love playing with like a co-top who's like really rough and tumble, because then they like really bring something new to my play style. And it's like you're constantly shifting. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. I think we're all, you know, we're all a little more versatile than we think, you know? And I think we, yeah, we often kind of fall into a rhythm, you know? And it's kind of cool to be just kind of knocked out of your rhythm every once in a while, just to be like, oh yeah, you know, there are other ways I could do this, you know? Yeah. And they could be just as fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That might even be more rewarding or yeah. more fun. So yeah, I always appreciate that. Yeah. But I'm, I love that. I feel like you also have a new event that's in the works coming up. Yes. So like <laughs> the idea of Covet is just to do anything that brings me inspiration. <laughs> that's such a good business plan. <laughs> I yeah. love it. <laughs> so it's like, well, my events might happen one time. It might be ongoing. Like, I think I'll probably do many more exploratoriums because they're so fun and there's so many topics to do. Yeah. Um, but one thing I'm currently working on is a high protocol play party. So I feel like a lot of people have like um, just like play parties that are like very power neutral between everyone or like they come with their own difference, uh, uh, like with their own partner and their own like ideas of like what their own rituals and protocols are. But I really wanted to have a space that was specifically for people to bring their power exchange. So it's not about tops and bottoms as much here we really want to look for like a dominant submissive partnerships mm. um and i wanted to have a party that was like that it was very like social but there is like this inherent power dynamic in all of the party goers which is uh, i think brings a different atmosphere to things i love just picturing an image of like what that means to me in my mind you know what mm. i mean like can you talk about like what you're hoping for what you might be expecting because immediately i'm getting like yeah i'm getting images in my head what's yes. the image in your head for this the image in my head is that it's not like a femdom specific where like or um where like any male person is automatically deemed as like dismissive mm -hmm. i really am hoping for people to come in with their dynamic and also providing them a space to negotiate a very temporary dynamic for that party. Um, so I don't want to impose any house rules, mm -hmm. but I want to give people an opportunity to like maybe learn about different protocols that they can incorporate and negotiate during the party. So I'm hoping to do it like a two-tiered event kind of thing mm -hmm. where we have a virtual workshop the week before the party and everyone who's attending this party must go to this virtual workshop or like watch a recording of it mm -hmm. so that they kind of learn about like protocols, ideas that they could do, maybe how the event is going to be run. And then they take that and prepare for the party and then they're at the party and they have these set protocols 
that they've pre-negotiated. Um, I was also thinking of doing like a, yes, people in Toronto <laughs> arrive late to everything. It So is late. Why? I'm too so old. late. I'm old. <laughs> like nobody arrives right on time. So I was like hoping to incentivize people to arrive at the beginning by doing like an event that is like, is actually speed dating or um, some sort of like silent auction type of thing, activity that happens where people who don't have like a partner to do this high protocol stuff with, they can find someone to negotiate in like a controlled setting and do it in a space where there's dungeon monitors and people watching and it's like a safer space to do that in. Um, Wow. so I kind of want to give people tools to negotiate and activities where they could do that with. Um, I I love all of this. <laughs> Yay. Oh, I love I love specifically that you are giving you are setting people up, you know, to be able to do high protocol at this party. Like you are you're really like guiding them. Um with like specifically like it's not just an event where it's like you know come to this event and do high protocol Yeah. right like you are really like the party is high protocol the organization of the party is high protocol meaning that it's like you come to this thing first you learn these things you know where you're gonna learn all about high protocol and then you're gonna come to the party And do all the things. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. the premise of the party in itself is high protocol because there's this element. There's this element. There's this element. I, I fucking love that. And that, I think, will help create the atmosphere that I want. Yes. Uh, and for anyone who's new to it, I hope it will, like, give a lot of information. Even for people who have been doing it for a long time, I'm hoping that people will Skillshare during this call. And, like, hey, I do this personally, and somebody might hear that and be like, oh, fantastic, I would love that as well. Like, I'm hoping for that kind of energy to ha happen. I'm sure that will happen. I mean, that's like, I teach online classes for a ritual chamber and like, I figured, you know, I was doing it. Um, it took me a while to really realize like what people want out of these online classes. And honestly, the biggest thing that people want out of these online classes is ideas. Yeah. That's all they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they don't, they often, you know, you have to support the ideas with like a lot of, you know, philosophy on whatever the fuck, but like, They just want ideas. You know, they want these takeaway things that they can use. Um, Yeah. they don't Do want they theor really need theory. a definition Yeah, or they like... don't need the theory of the whole thing. Like, they just want ideas. So I think absolutely, yeah, that could could most definitely happen. Yeah, and I'm also hoping to um, have, like, if people are going to the party, I, I want there to be, like, a form where they could submit, um, like, fantasies that they have where it requires a group of people to make happen. Because I feel Wow. like a lot of people have these fantasies of, like, being tied up in the middle of a party for free use or being forced to masturbate for others' entertainment or, like, being inspected for everyone in the party. And I'm hoping... for them to tell me these ideas and then we can like work together to make it happen during the party at a specific time with like a dedicated DM for that exact scene 
maybe they can have tokens and they could give like tokens a favor if they only want specific people to interact with them but just having this group of people available who might be interested in being a part of a big scene like that i think that would be really fantastic and we have live entertainment in that case oh my god i i'm obsessed with that idea you're like matchmaking <laughs> you're doing matchmaking kinky matchmaking you're like okay somebody wants to do this scene who's interested in you know helping top the scene facilitating yeah. the scene who wants exactly. to co-bottom with this person to blah 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 like that is so brilliant wow because that's the thing that's the thing i think that people you know when they attend play parties again they have that picture in their mind right <laughs> of like this oh man like this ultimate fantasy and you know, if you just show up at a play party and you're like hoping for it to happen or so, like it's, you know, it's not going to. I'm sorry, babe. No. It's probably Chances not going to happen. <laughs> you're just going to be wallflowering if you go to a party with no plans. Yes, that, 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 that. So like the idea that you're giving people, you know, an opportunity to actually, you know, make one something like that happen, I think is so awesome like I think the only time that happens with play parties if it's like someone is hosting their own birthday play party yeah. and they're organizing it uh, you know to make this scene come true so it's a group scene and you're all organizing it on whatsapp or whatever um but like you know the person that doesn't you know that isn't so immersed in the kink community that they have all these kinky friends that would love to help them do a birthday scene or like whatever they don't have any access to stuff like that. Like none. Right. No. And this is an opportunity for them. To yeah. That. Where you can like, tell me about this fantasy and then we will like work together to make it happen. And wow. I think there's just so much of that missing because I feel like almost everyone in the kink scene has some sort of like fantasy around like just being surrounded by people. Yep but just don't have the resources to make that happen. And being like a facilitator of that, I think would be really cool. And people like to watch it too. Oh, absolutely. So even if they don't want to participate in the scene, like I think everyone would be like so happy to watch at least and be a part of like an audience. Yeah, to see a group scene, like, again, that's not something, you know, see a group scene happen in person, like a big orchestrated kind of a scene, you know, you don't even have access to watching that anywhere. Like, where else are you going to see that? That's very cool. I mean, my only other thought is like the only way that somebody, you know, that doesn't know anybody and could make something like that happen is like booking a bunch of providers, a bunch of pro professionals, right? Yeah. But that's going to cost you like five grand, sir. So yeah. <laughs> again, the access, you know, the bearer to access, right? It's like, well, you could save up a lot or do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that there are people who will sign up for this or people who will sign up to be like a house toy that like maybe they're wearing like a lanyard with a list of things that of services that they're willing to provide um, oh, I love that for that person in a little clipboard. And they're just walking around with this name tag. <laughs> um, I'm really, like, hoping for people to sign up for that and, like, be the entertainment. Um, because I think that just makes the event more interesting. Yeah, big time. 
No one wants to get you a play party where nobody's playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you know, we've all been to those parties. Yeah. No one's playing. Yeah. Yeah. And the first person to break the ice and play, it's always like so scary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. so if we could just like have these time things that will happen throughout the night, I think we'll make it pretty fun. Wow, 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 wow. Do you have a venue in mind for this or like a ballpark Yes. date? So I have booked Studio Ludus because I wanted Yes, Ludus. us to the first one to be like pretty intimate and smaller just so I could like pilot it with smaller amount of people. Amazing. And that's like a perfect smaller space for that. And Ludus has some really great equipment that could really Yeah. facilitate some like kind of bigger scenes like that. Like they got Exactly. the winch, you know. Yeah. The winch that you can winch someone up in a swing or a cage or whatever. Like, oh, Yeah. oh boy. What a great venue for that. Yeah, and it's going to be September 23rd. And it's booked that we got the date. Okay, September We 23rd. got the date. Yes. Oh my God. Can I ask what the ticket price is going to be? Is it like tiered for, you know, different? I don't know. How, how are you organizing it? So for ticket prices for me, I'm still trying to go through like my finances to see like what is feasible because I really want for anyone to who has like signed up to be like a house toy or wants to be live entertainment, I want them to be able to come for free. Um, and like if they are not like if we don't have the time or such for this party, maybe for the next party or, or um, so I'm trying to say like how many scenes could I possibly have? How many housewives I could possibly have? And then like decreasing that for the number of people because Studio Ludus only you could really only fit 45 people in there. Yeah, it's not a massive space. It has beautiful high ceilings, which Yeah. even if it's packed, it feels, you know, airy, but Yeah. it's not, it's not huge. Yeah. No. And if we want big scenes to happen, we need space. So Yeah. if I'm only selling like 40, 45 tickets, then like uh, financing for me, like what does that look like? Mm But -hmm. I can't imagine it being more than like $50 or anything like that. Uh, I try to keep my That's prices. so reasonable. That's yeah. Yeah, just like not not too terrible pricing is what I aim for generally when I uh, organize. Not too terrible pricing. That's <laughs> what it says on the poster. yeah, exactly. Reasonable pricing. Um, and I always try to make it somewhat price accessible as well for like, if you want to volunteer to be like door for an hour, then like you get in for free or like stuff like that, where it's like, Mm -hmm. if the price is really a barrier to entry, then there are other things that you can do in order to um, not have to pay the price. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so, that's so important. It is, um, especially I feel like the demographic of the kink scene is like, there's very few of us that are like really well off, like the majority of us are just average shows. Yep. And We're um, usually creatives, you know, so exactly. <laughs> therefore poor, you know, like Neurodivergent creatives. that queer, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> queer neurodivergent artists. <laughs> exactly. you think we have money? That's what you No. think. <laughs> yeah, that's the demographic of the kink scene. And that's also why I try to make educational events like the Exploratorium, Pay What You Can. Because I really want knowledge to be like as accessible as possible. And that's just going to make the community more diverse, right? Because Exactly. suddenly it's accessible for everyone, right? Yeah.
Yeah. And you're bringing people in who are new and people who are learning and people who share their own ideas. It's like how you could get like a more diverse scene. I just love that. What do you get out of um, producing events like this? I really love being there on the day of events and seeing everything go seamlessly or maybe not seamlessly sometimes, but just like seeing it all happen in real life where it's just this idea in my head for the longest time. I That's what I get out of it. I just love seeing it all come together. Mm -hmm. And for like any educational events, that's like a pretty personal interest. So I love learning. I always think that you can never stop learning. Like life is just a continuous journey of just learning all brand new things all the time. And um, even professionally, like I work in like learning development stuff too. So I just love that type of events where people can just like try new things, discover. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I always make that. Um, I want to always continue to make that a part of my, like my like professional, um, you know, ethos as well of like coming to it from a place of confidence in the skills that I have and the experience I have. Um, but always being curious, always remaining, you know, humble and curious and yeah, always. Uh, yeah. And there's looking... no right way to do anything. Like <laughs> That too, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you can only, if you listen, you know, yeah, rather than always talk, then then um, you'll be a lot better off. You'll be, you'll be even more experienced and even more skilled. So who doesn't want that? Exactly. Right? And you must learn so many different things from all the different oh, conversations every, you have. Oh, yeah. Conversations on the pod. And then just like literally every client that walks into Ritual Chamber also. I'm like... That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, constantly. <laughs> I love every day's a school day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so good. I was reading a book on age play the other day and mm -hmm. it actually like cuz when you think of the word age play, like my immediate thought is like oh, like when you're regressing in age to be like babies or like middles, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But then in this book it actually also talked about geriatric age play and I was like, "Whoa." Whoa. <laughs> Amazing. I've never seen that, but that sounds so cool. Like, oh my god, am I? Is that my new thing? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like geriatric, you're still capable of like talking, but you just have limited mobility or like limit limited Whoa. like range of motion, and you're still able to communicate, maybe, and you Ooh. still have this wealth of experience behind you. But now you're just incapable of doing certain things and that's just such a wild thought oh i am i'm gonna <laughs> i'm googling i'm getting on the old googles i'm getting on it uh <laughs> feel it this has been such an awesome conversation um are you able to tell us where people can like um you know find tickets for your new event and maybe follow you to see um as you said you know you're you're doing covet um which is just going to be whatever you get inspired by you're going to do be doing events so like where can people find out about all these events you're going to be doing probably the easiest way is instagram um for covet the instagram handle is to.covet and that's where i'll be posting like any eventbrite links or anything that i've been organizing is going to be right there.
Okay, amazing. So for me, folks, if you don't know where to follow me by now, uh, you can go on over to Twitter. That's where I'm the most active at the Lady Pim One. But I'm also on Instagram at the Lady Pim or at the Bedpost Podcast. We have a Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show, and we have a YouTube channel. This is the Bedpost Show, and also I'm on TikTok for some reason at the Lady Pim. Um, and I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for my podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. You can find more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. Uh, Fila, this has been so amazing. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. Oh, thank you so much. It is so awesome. It was really nice to get to know you a little bit better. You too. And I hope everybody listening enjoyed it as well. And we'll see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast. Talk about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.